eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, and welcome to Unwritten from Odyssey and MLB. We're going behind baseball's secret rules. My name is Ron Darling. With me is Jimmy Rollins. Today's episode is all about bat flipping. One drive to left, way back, deep into the night. Three run, walk off home run, Manny Ramirez. Crushed it. He stood at home plate, both arms raised high over his head. An absolute no doubter if ever there was one completely out of Fenway Park. Wow. Tatis and a bat flip amidst the flashing lights. Okay, Jimmy, I want to read you a quote. This is a pitcher, Steve Klein, if I remember, he was a left-hander. <laughs> this happened in 2001 after a rookie hit a home run off him and then flipped his bat. Well hit, watch that baby! Way out of here! I might remember something about that. Steve Klein said, end quote, that's f***ing Little League If you're gonna flip the bat, I'm gonna flip your helmet next time. There's a code, he should know better than that. Ryan, you know, every once in a while, a batter hits a ball, and you know, and he knows, and everyone in the stadium knows, <laughs> as my man Brandon Phillips says, I got every stitch of that ball. I've never hit a ball that far in my life. To the press level. It was a lot going on that day. I had a lot of energy, I had a lot of anger, and I got to a 2 0 county, threw a fastball right down the middle, and I understand I'm a rookie. That didn't matter to me in that moment. In that moment, you threw a 2 0 fastball, I absolutely demolished it. And I went into my own zone. I mean, you took it, you know, at the time, Steve took it for what he, um, you know, thought was disrespect. I'm like, I hit the ball farther than I've ever hit in my career. I just kind of, you know, let the bat kind of roll out my hand and jogged around the bases. It had nothing to do with him. But I understand because being on the other side, seeing rookies, as we call it, pimping the ball, <laughs> it's like, come on, bro, you need a little more time before you can do that. So I get it. But for me... Not at all. That ball, that that ball was absolutely crushed, and um, I enjoyed every second of it. Like in my generation of players, guys just didn't do that. But you know, as I've gotten older and older, you think I'd be stuck in my ways of how it used to be. I love the bat flip. I love everything about the bat flip. The only thing I would, I think, is important to me, is that it's organic. It comes from inside, not outside in, inside out. Just something overtakes you, and 
you know, it it just happens. You know, when when you hit a ball on the nose, there's nothing better than that. Um, I mean, it's one of the greatest feelings of all time. And I, I think uh, at this point in my career, watching the games, when I see a great bat flip organically done in a huge moment, it adds so much to the broadcast. And I, I would never want to see it go away. Oh, man. Oh, man. Tony Pena on 3-0 and sends everybody home. Tony Pena spells good night. Look at the way he tossed that bat aside. Man, oh, man. Major League Baseball's play in the field is governed by an official rule book, and there's a competition committee continuously reviewing it to ensure the written rules are evolving with the game. But baseball also has dozens of unwritten rules about how to act on and off the field. If a player violates them, there may be consequences, but there's no committee to review those unwritten rules, even as they're constantly changing. So that's what Jimmy and I are doing on this show. Each week, we'll break down one of baseball's unwritten rules. We'll define the rule as we understand it today, explore its origins and context in baseball history, and then decide if it still has a place in MLB's future. Tim crushes this ball. He throws the bat. The ball was majestic. The bat was a javelin. So let's define the rule, our unwritten rule. And at first, you would think it's simple. You don't flip your bat after you hit a home run. But it's not that easy. Bat flips go all the way back to Mickey Mantle, which we'll dive into. But they've kind of come and gone throughout the history of the game. And that ball's hit high and deep. G-Man Choi will watch it fly. Bat flip, nice. Let's be honest, it it has gotten a little bit out of hand. You know, guys (laughs) getting singles and flipping a bat and getting a double and you're down 13 to 1. And, you know, it's come on now. But there are definitely moments in a game where it happens, and as you said, it's organic. You don't plan it. It's just something that goes through your body when you hit the ball. How do I let this out? You know, how do I, you know, express to the people that are watching, to my teammates, that I got all of this. Everybody knows it. The sound, you know, the crowd is playing into it, and it's something that just happens. You know, when, like I say, you're down big and you get a hit and you're throwing a bat in the air. It's, come on now. It's, it's a single. Everybody hits a single. People hit home runs too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But a single is a single. But when you absolutely catch one, there, it isn't a wall scraper. The outfielders can literally just take two courtesy steps and look up because they know this ball is leaving the yard by a, a good 150 feet. You can celebrate that because you won that battle. You don't win many of them, but you won that battle. And Harper knew it as soon as he hit it. A backflip. He looked into the dugout, pumped a fist, and he banged that one. And I think you, you take it from the right place, and that is so hard to hit a baseball. And to be able to, you know, you said you got the 2-0 count against Steve Klein and you delivered. You know, people think that, well, you know, this and that. It, it takes work to get to 2-0. You know, you've got to take that close pitch. It's a magical moment because you've gotten in that position. He knows he's he's in that position. He's got to challenge you, and you win this battle. There's just something something almost orgasmic about when it happens. It's just like it's an out of body experience. That's what it that's what it feels like. And 
you know, I, I wish everyone can have that feeling of what it's like to hit a major league fastball. If you're a smaller guy like myself in the game, you're more than likely going to get that fastball. And you know what? This is my chance to eat like a big dog, and I ate. Well, you might have been small. You might have been smaller, but you had big pops. I think that the biggest flip that I've seen in the last five, six years is Jose Bautista. His bat flip for Toronto against Texas, I think to me, and we, we talk about organic, that was one of the greatest bat flips in the history of the game. And a hundred years from now, when they show the top 10 bat flips, his will still be there. I, man, remember that moment and what I felt, the chills I got. Like he gave everyone that was watching chills understanding the moment and that was just just organic he's known as a power hitter everybody in the ballpark know he has one job that is all he is trying to do he's not trying to walk he's not trying to get a single he has one job and that's to hit a home run to deliver for his team and here we are playoff situation and he absolutely demolishes the ball and i enjoyed Every second of the bat flip, the way he looked at it, it was just like me versus you. I won. Uh, you know, just everything you ever wished for in a home run and to celebrate it in the moment. To have hit that ball and just dropped his head and ran around the bases, no one would be talking about it. But it was the bat flip that everyone remembers. You know, the bat flip plus the acknowledgement of how he looked at the bat as it was going. It was almost like, <laughs> do you realize how hard it is to have to stand up at the plate and all 50,000 of you folks at the game need me to hit a home run, expect mm-hmm. me to hit a home run, and I come through with it. It's like, that's how good I am in this place and this time right now. And I was the same. It gave me... A, a, my whole body had like I didn't even know what to say because I really believe Jimmy it, it was a tipping point, but because before that I think if you asked most people, they would say, "Ah, flipping the bat, you know that's that's an unwritten rule that should be there. You know we don't want people showing other people up. That's not what our game's about. All this, but." His was such a beautiful act of triumph that I think it was the tipping point. And since then, more and more old-timers, more and more fans, more and more of our young people that love the game have really pushed this to the point where bat flips better be part of the game or maybe they're going to watch another sport. I believe it was the bat flip heard around the world. He changed the way we accept bat flips in the game today. And, you know, has it been taken too far by younger players? Yes. But they grew up seeing that. They want that moment. His moment was for sure, we talked about it, 50,000 fans expecting him to do so. 
millions of fans watching, expecting him to do so. Why? Because he's hit 48, 50 home runs in the season. And if you're a home run hitter, this is your one moment to shine, to deliver. And he did that. And from there, it has progressed that when you are in a moment, it is okay to celebrate. The other team even understands that now, that if I was on the opposite side, I'm on the offensive side, and my big hitter, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jason Worth, Pat Burrow, delivered, I want him to celebrate because I want to have a reason to come out the dugout and give him a big hug and, you know, look at the crowd too. So um, what he did was beautiful. It was beautiful for the game. I thank him for it because he's given so many people a moment that they'll never forget. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, I want to put not only the unwritten rule in context, but I want to put kind of your life in context. I know a little bit about you. I know that Ricky <laughs> Henderson was your favorite player. Facts. Um, I, I played with Ricky Henderson. Facts. Nobody, nobody made the home run look better after he had a home run to lead off a game than Ricky. There's a drive to left field. It's hit deep. It is gone. Holy Toledo. Has anyone ever done that? Ricky Henderson has homered to open the A's first inning for the second time. Yep, grab the shirt. Yep, style. <laughs> style, Ricky. With the tugging of the shirt, mm. the spinning around on the way to first base, mm. the, one of the fastest guys in the game taking about 35 seconds to, <laughs> to, to round the bases. So this doesn't come out of no place. This is, comes out of your childhood. Definitely. And, you know, um, Ricky was entertainment. Uh, being from Oakland, shoot, anywhere in the Bay Area, honestly, not only did you have to walk the walk, you had to talk it and then come back and back it up. It wasn't about how good you were. It's like, how good can you talk? Then go out and do it and then follow up because doing it once is not enough. Anybody could do anything once. That's how, that's how we felt. And so, yes, watching Ricky Henderson you know, snatch fly balls. I would do that uh, in high school. My high school coach would get mad and say, you're going to drop one one day. I haven't dropped one to this day. And I told him, yeah, good luck with that. I haven't seen Ricky drop one. Um, you know, Ricky, you know, tapping his toes as he's walking to the plate, you know, getting that stance. And, yes, he hits that ball and he leaves that bat out there and he's talking to himself, popping that collar, you know, <laughs> dropping that little left arm, getting in that lean. That was me. I, I wanted to be Ricky Henderson. In my own way. Like, if Ricky can do it, I can do it. When Ricky does it, I'm going to do it just like Ricky. So when I got to the big leagues, I understood I'm not Ricky at that point. Like, only Ricky can do that. (laughs) I'll do it every once in a while. But what Ricky did, only Ricky can do. But every once in a while, I would catch one, and you would catch a little flash, a little pizzazz out of me, um, you know, coming around the bases and – the, the one time I will give you this, the one time I did a full-on Ricky, it was, probably, it was probably above and beyond 
be honest. It was extra. Yeah. Let's just keep it what it is. <laughs> that was my, but it was my last at bat in high school. We are playing at the Oakland Coliseum. Wow. Where I saw Ricky have so many moments uh, growing up an A's fan. Uh, I thought it was going to be my last high school at bat. We were down by one. My brother was on first, had a 3-0 count. And, you know, after 2-0, went 3-0, and I looked at the pitch, and I tried to punk him, like, throw a strike. Like, you know, just kind of gave him a little bully move. Yeah, yeah. Sure enough, 3-0 pitch, throws a strike, I hit a home run, and it was it was just one of those off the bat, you know. I mean, I knew in high school because I had practice uh, hitting home runs. Not, so, I mean, that's just what I did. And I hit the ball. Coliseum's not easy, though. I remember though. my cousin. Coliseum's not easy. It, it's not it's not, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't nighttime yet, so I knew I had a chance. <laughs> and my cousins are behind the screen, and they're jumping on the screen. I, I'm in the box. I hit it, and I look at them and point. And then I get into my Ricky. I take the widest turn coming around first base. You know, I'm running all the way through. Then I get to third base. This is where I really felt like Ricky. And like I said, I was extra. I thought it was gonna be my last high school at bat. I ended up getting one more after that and flew out. <laughs> I got to third base, maybe about two steps before third base. I was getting my Ricky stance and breaking it down, and I walked across third base. (laughs) (laughs) Then I touched home plate, and I remember the the coach for the opposing team was like, yeah, when he he do that at the next level, he's going to catch one in in his ear. Today, I'm the greatest of all time. Thank you. Hey, here's a question for you. So you went right from high school to the minor leagues. That had to be a culture shock in and of itself. Yes, yes um, it was. And now you're playing with a lot of Latin American players. You're playing with players from all over the, all over the country. And the Latin American player, if you've ever played winter ball, they have a special kind of baseball where it is so celebratory and everything is revered and the bat flips are, are normal and pitchers pointing at hitters and saying, go sit down. That's all part of the game. I happen uh, to love watching in the offseason, watching uh, baseball from the Caribbean or from Latin America. But I think part of that has certainly seeped into our game as well. It definitely is. And unless you experience it or witness it, you wouldn't understand. You think it's just showboating and, you know, you can't do that. Why are you doing that? It's selfish. It's all about you and, and, and trying to have the light. But no, when I went over there and played in Venezuela back in 2009, 2000, um, I got to understand it. And it's like, this is just what they do. It's, it's, it's the mano y mano, and it's me versus you in this moment. And if I get you, if I'm the pitcher, I get you, and I'm, and I'm doing the guns, blazings, and I'm blowing out the pistols. It's respected. It's you know what? You did your job. That's right. But I remember that because when I get you and I stand at home plate and I throw my hands up or I look at your boys or I'm looking at you with my tongue out, just remember it goes both ways and and everybody likes it. It it doesn't it doesn't cause fights. Um, you know, catchers look the other way, pitch look the other way, the hitters celebrating and vice versa. But it's something that, you know, in, in our culture here in America, it's it's 
It's showing up your opponent. <laughs> and it's not seen as celebrating the moment. And those things are, I think, overlooked, those moments in the game that there are times to celebrate. And, yes, there are ways to do it. But what way is proper, which way is improper? And if you're, you know, coming from playing baseball in Latin America, proper is to go ahead and, you know, make a call out and see nothing wrong with it. But you're in the States playing baseball where it's like, you're modest about your wins. You're modest about your losses the same in any other way. And you don't show up your opponent. But who's to say that's showing up your opponent? If you grew up doing something, that's all you know. Yeah. What makes it wrong? It makes me feel like we're a little uptight, us Americans, and playing the game. You know, <laughs> you know it's, it's not only the Latin American player. Before the players started to play that truncated 60-game season, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I watched some of the KBO, which is the Korean baseball Love it. organization. Oh, and, my oh, goodness. And they are into bat flips Oof. like you've never seen before. Bat flips to Korean baseball is like the dunk contest to the NBA All-Star game. 드림비언 허구공략 이번에도 지켜봅니다. 트라이쇼 트레이로 당장 밖으로 보창민 The KBO, I, I'm not going to lie, I've YouTube plenty of bad flips from that league <laughs> just to see it's like, yo, imagine these guys coming over here and I wish they would, you know, be allowed to do or the players today would be allowed to do a little bit more of that without, you know, feelings being hurt because it is exciting and it's fun. You know, uh, Jimmy, a lot of this stuff, bat flips, uh, doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's been happening for a long time. There's even footage of Mickey Mantle flipping his bat. So um, people that point out that the guys of yesteryear would never do that, um, they've been wrong for a long time. Everybody wants to live in a fantasy. You know, everybody wants to say, we did it the right way when I was this or I was that. This is... Man, you might as well take that out of the trash. Because there was always somebody willing to bend the rule, always somebody willing to push forward and do something different. And, you know, they may have been seen as outliers, but over time it's progressively become more and more accepted, more and more normal. So, you know, we could always, you know, consider those days the golden days of baseball, you know, all the Hall of Famers that came from that time. But... The game has moved on. The game, it's, it's inevitable that things are going to change. We live different as a people. What we see is different. The way we you know, access highlights. And people want those highlight moments. So let's go ahead and give it to them. Let's just do what it do. Like, like let it do what it do, baby. You go, we go. And I'm okay <laughs> with it. You know, I was thinking, we, you and I were talking before, that Ricky Henderson was your favorite player growing up. Ken Griffey Jr. was Tim Anderson's favorite player growing up. And I'll tell you, Tim Anderson's one of my favorite players to watch. Why? Anderson hits it in the air to right. Back at the wall, and the White Sox win it! I think he plays with a toughness that's sprinkled with a smile. I love <laughs> hitters that... Rake. I mean, he goes up there. He's not going up there to walk. He's going up there to swing the bat. And um, I know the first time, first couple of times, he flipped his bat. And he's not a home run hitter by any stage, but that's kind of what he does. What What are young kids taught the first time they're in little league? As soon as you hit the ball, lay your bat down. Don't ever throw your bat because it could hurt someone. And that's really true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tim Anderson, the first time, couple of times I threw him throw the bat. 
saw him throw the bat, I was like, that's just a natural way that he releases it. And he didn't even know it was controversial. And then it was when it was brought up to him, he was, it, it really felt like, I really have to answer this nonsense. And I think he did it in a really great way. And the campaign, Let the Kids Play, I absolutely love it. It's saying, accept the game for what it is today. Not yes a year, not what you think it should be, but the people that are playing the game today, the kids that are playing the game today, let them dictate how things should be. Let them police the game, um, as we say. And a little added thing, you know, speaking of Tim Anderson, who uh, I admire, I like the way he plays the game. He rakes. He can hit for average. He can hit for power. One thing that goes, I think, under the radar is being a leadoff hitter and being able to do that. That excitement, that spark, that fire, that energy that you give to your team. As a leadoff hitter, I know for certain a lot of that celebration you already know is being felt through that dugout. And they used to always tell me, Jason Worth, every time, you go, we go. Hmm. And, that, and, and, it, and it was that energy basically saying, we need you to get us off. You need to be that spark plug. We know once the engine is going, we'll hit the gas. But we need you to get us going. And when you hit that leadoff home run, I know for a fact the way the other side feels, because I've been on opposite side, it's like, oh, man, here they go again. Like from the first batter of the game, it's one nothing. And we're playing catch up the rest of the way. And on top of that, we know the lineup that they have coming from, um, you know, behind this guy. So it's one nothing before we even get the game going. What is left in store? So with the leadoff hitter, it's a little bit different in, in the sense that you are literally leading. You're pulling your team. You're leading the way. So that excitement when he, you know, he throws the bat, CTA flips the bat. That's energy from a leadoff hitter that he knows 25 other guys in that dugout is feeling and is feeding off of. Did you ever lead off a game looking to go yard to get your team going? Oh, yes. Plenty of times. Um, and, and this happens well, well before you step into the box. You know, you're looking at the pitcher. Um, you know, how am I feeling today? What was batting practice like? What is what are the wind conditions? All those things. And then what game is it? Is 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 this an important game? What needs to happen? Do I need to try to get on base because this guy doesn't, you know, give up home runs? Or this dude is lunch meat and I need to make sure everybody in that dugout knows he's lunch meat too. So um <laughs> there are definitely it. times I went up there looking, um, you know, to uh, hit a leadoff home run. And I remember one of my uh, most memorable ones. I have a couple, but uh, in the 2007 playoffs, first playoff at bat, and we're facing Jeff Francis at the time. little lefty in Colorado. Yeah, a little lefty in Colorado. And we faced him maybe about a month before, and we're up here trying to be, you know, he's a thumber. He's not going to challenge guys, so we're trying to be patient in the box. Next thing you know, it's in the sixth inning, and we have maybe two hits. And you go back and you look at at, at, at the uh, tape, and it's like, this dude did nothing but pound the zone. While we wait for him to mess around and nibble on the corners, he was going strike one, strike two. Now you have to chase. So the first at bat in the playoffs, first at bat, uh, playoff at bat, I, pill, I pulled big Ryan Howard's 35, 35-inch 35 bat. And I'm like, he doesn't have enough to get by me, 
but I know he's he wants to throw strike one. He proved it last time and it worked. So until we show him different, why would he be different or do anything different? First pitch, line drive, home run and left center field. And that was one time I had literally went up there saying, I'm jumping the first ball and I was not looking to hit a single at all. And the result was at home run, we got swept. But, uh, you know, I did, I did go up looking at a home run <laughs> that at bat. You know, in these unwritten rules about bat flipping, we haven't discussed when a guy doesn't bat flip. What does that mean? Well, in the 2019 World Series, Alex Bregman hit a home run, and he kind of pimped it, ran really slow up the first baseline, and held on to his bat. And then when he, once he saw it leave the ballpark, that's when he flipped it. And he carried his bat all the way down to first. And then Juan Soto, a little bit later, does the same thing. And he matched Bregman. Say, if it's all right for you to do it, it's all right for uh, me to do it. He had a bomb, ran all the way to first with the bat in his hand, and then finally chucked it. And now Soto carries his bat down to the first base coach, Tim Bogart. What's the unwritten rule? about bringing your bat to first? That's a good one. Um, it doesn't happen often. It does not happen often. So looking back at that, I didn't like it when Bregman did it. I understood it when Soto did it. And for that reason, I like the fact that it was like, if you can do it, I can do it too. I'm not going to let you show my team up without me having a say. And I'm not sure if it's happened since. Usually guys, you know, hit the home run, one or two steps out the box, flip the bat, you know, upon contact, let the bat go. Um, I, I, I did not like it. I did not like it. But I did like the response that Soto had for it. It was like, you're not getting away with this. I don't care what the situation is. And this is the biggest stage, the World Series, um, you're not getting away with it. And let's be honest, uh, they both hit the ball very well, but Soto's ball went to space. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it did. So the one thing we're le learning from all these unwritten rules, there's a lot of tentacles, right, from not only flipping your bat but holding on to your bat. I remember uh, the first time I had ever heard about holding on to your bat, and like you say, it doesn't happen very often is one of our players did it, and our uh, hitting instructor at the time was Bill Robinson, played on mm. the Pittsburgh Pirates, We Are Family team. One of my, um, you know, he's passed, but he was one of the greatest guys of all time. And he was a stickler for wearing your hat the correct way and making sure uh, your socks was, were uh, the, the way they should be, all that kind of stuff. He just learned that from Willie Stargell. Willie Stargell learned it from Roberto Clemente. You know, it, it was passed down, all those things. And I remember uh, one of our players held the bat all the way to first, and Bill said, you got to let that bat go. He goes, I'm too hot right now. I don't want anyone to touch that bat. <laughs> so that was his explanation for it. <laughs> that was a good one. Okay, if you're all right with bat flips, are we okay with pitchers showing up hitters? Because I played with Dennis Eckersley. And Dennis, after he would throw strike three, would point at the batter, he would fist pump it, point at the batter, and say, go sit down. Dennis told me a story. <laughs> I'll never forget this. He was pitching a no-hitter for the 
against the California Angels for the Cleveland Indians in the 70s. Cleveland's 22-year-old Dennis Eckert. He gets two outs in the ninth. One to nothing. The tension hung on each pitch. Baseball can't get much better than this. And there was a batter on deck who was taking his time. And Eck, if you know Dennis, Eck is a very excitable guy. And he was <laughs> screaming at the on-deck hitter. I went off. I said, hey, they're not here to take your pitcher. You get up here. No one cares about you. They're just waiting for you to make it out so I can catch a no-hitter. You're the last out. Get the f*** in there. <laughs> and then I punched him out. Strike three. It's a no-hitter. How about that? I think this is one of these unwritten rules for us as the final verdict. I think this is a rule that will go away and no one will ever talk about it in 20 years from now because the game will look completely different than it does now. Uh, the younger player wants to be able to celebrate uh, when he has a big moment. Um, I agree 100%. And for us that are trying to make sure this game stays relevant, I think all of that is great. Uh, other sports, they've been able to do it. When I was a kid, Billy White Shoes Johnson for the Houston Oilers, I wanted to watch the game because when he had a touchdown, he did his little dance in the end zone. All of that <laughs> stuff, I think, is important for people to watch this game because we are in the entertainment business, right? Yes, we are. I, you was white shoes for me. It was Icky Woods and the Icky Shuffle. <laughs> Dion high stepping right. coming down the sideline. All those things were reasons why you were drawn and loved the game. The game itself is going to be, you know, played throughout. But it's those special moments, those highlight moments that you stick with and emulate as a kid forever. Well, I, I think uh, in ending our show today, bat flips, anything should be allowed in the game as long as it's not premeditated. It just comes from your heart, from the inside. It's a special moment for you and your team. So one thing I've learned from this show is that I'm very happy that I never had to watch Jimmy Rollins flip his bat on the first pitch of the game against me. I'm very happy about that. So, Jimmy, great discussion. I'm Ron Darling, Odyssey, MLB, unwritten rules, trying to dispel some of the myths. Unwritten is a production of Odyssey and Major League Baseball. Our senior producer is Paul Aspen of Odyssey with Ian K of Major League Baseball. Lena Glazer is the executive producer of 2400 Sports at Odyssey. Jody Avergan and Nick Trotta of MLB are executive producers. Special thanks to everyone at Major League Baseball and Odyssey who helped make this show happen. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating or a review in your podcaster player of choice. Or just tell someone about the show. For Jimmy Rollins, I'm Ron Darling. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back soon with more on baseball's unwritten rules.